We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome hey, back you. to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm down with NOP. Along with my good buddy Dan. Uh, thank you guys for uh, sticking with us on this Wednesday. It's coming out a little bit later than normal, but uh, it's still coming out on a Wednesday. So that's good. But uh, Dan, how's it going, my friend? Well, I said uh, you're down with NOP and you did not say you know me. You know me. <laughs> I, was, I was singular mindset trying to get through my intro. and I'm here know. to throw you off. Uh, Dude, what else this is, is new? half. We got a we got a half victory pod. We got it's a it's a partial vic, you know. Feeling yeah. kind of good, feeling kind of sad. Yeah, pretty happy, pretty embarrassed. That yeah. kind of thing. We're all yeah. over the place. It's uh, it, it was a weird weekend. Even you know we're going to talk about the Minnesota victory first, and then we'll talk about the uh, the Houston loss second. And obviously, I am very very happy that we got that Minnesota win. Uh, but there's still some concerning signs coming out of that game as well. It was not all, you know, rainbows and kittens coming out of that victory. And then obviously we know what happened against the Houston Dynamo. So we'll talk about that. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it, this, this is a, a weird one because it's just, you know, it's tough that games are going to be so close together and there's going to be so much rotation in the squad that you never really know who's going to be starting on any given night. And we kind of saw that, you know, game over game from Minnesota to Houston, different people in the starting lineup. How is that going to mess with the chemistry and the consistency? So it's going to be a weird year. But. Feels weird. Feels weird. And it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's hard, you know, obviously we, we can't be hitting up any players or, or staff to, to come on this podcast because games are so, scrunched together right now like no one's got any time they have they have a job and they are working day in and day out so i'm kind of glad we had that quarantine time you know before the mls is back tournament to like speak to tim melia have nate bukady on you know it was it was cool because right right now it's gonna be tough everyone's kind of getting back to business yeah yeah it is gonna be tough so but you know we'll see what happens we'll we'll go along with it as we can and uh we'll try to bring you the best content we can (laughs) week over week uh so let's you know, we got a lot to talk about this episode, so let's jump into... Oh, well, first, before we do jump into that, please leave us a five-star rating and review if you oh, have not. We yes, always please. ask that. We're going to keep asking you that, but if you haven't done it, please go do it. If you're one of the hundreds of people who has, thank you very much, but if you have Boom. not, we would appreciate it. So, 
let's jump into this Minnesota game. Uh, I do want to set the stage that, you know, we're, we are recording this after the Houston game. So obviously we have that sort of disappointment within us. We are going to try to take ourselves back to our mindset of the Minnesota game as best we can. Uh, and just, just, just to sort of set the groundwork for like as much as the Houston game sucked and as much as there are many things to, that are legitimate criticisms, the sky is not falling. Sporting case still is first place in the West uh, by a, a solid four points. Uh, Seattle and Minnesota are both in second at 11 points. SKC 15 points. So uh, even if Seattle plays again before us, Minnesota plays again before us and they win, they still can't catch up to us in just a single game. We're still beating them on the points per game. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, we're okay. Uh, you know, but in on to that Minnesota game, what was it, last Friday? Yeah. Um, felt, felt cool, man. Felt cool to be watching soccer again um, at a decent time, not 8 a.m. and not <laughs> 9.30 at night, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, th- I thought it was a great performance from the it, guys. Well, so, yeah, yes and no. I, I do have some. Oh, you have gripes. I have some, well, some, some analytics. Analytic that can, gripes. That can show, you know, maybe some some potential problems here. But Hot damn. Uh, you know, the lineup was, was, was interesting. Um, Buzio stepped into the starting lineup, which is kind of what that we, we thought might happen. I think the biggest surprise was maybe that uh, Winston Reed stepped yeah, into yeah. the starting lineup instead of uh, Roberto Punchech, who had been starting next to Graham Smith. Uh, Graham Smith stayed in. And then Jalen Lindsay at left back instead of uh, Luis Martins, who uh, he seems to be MIA right now. I'm not really sure what's going on there. What but, was was he on the bench last night? Uh, was he on the bench last night? That like, is, is he in the Vermeer shit house? Fantastic question that I am looking up the answer to, and this is my professional way of stalling as I look up <laughs> the answer to your question. Which he's is, vamping all which, you music people. He's vamping. Which is no, he was not on the bench last night. Dude, so so I, he's he's in the doghouse. Maybe. Nah, and man. The, that's how we know. It's it's Botan. Well, not Botan. Who 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 we get rid of? Uh, well, Botan went back to Hungary, but yeah, um, Emiliano Amor. Quase. Quase. There it man, is, man. Not another Johan situation. We got a new conspiracy. Well, and there's, you know, fuel to fire. Fuel. There's fuel to add to that fire. There it is. Work it out. It's been you a long couple it. of days. So <laughs> um, <laughs> there's fuel to add to that fire that we'll talk about later in the forms of transfer rumors regarding a new left back. So. Oh, Throwing that well, out there. we there. go. Dropping we'll, knowledge. We'll talk, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Jalen Lindsay starting at left back, which is not his natural position. He's more of a, a right back right. guy because he's right-footed, although he did play left back a couple of years ago and, and held his it. own. And we always wondered. Everyone's like, is he going to replace – when does he replace Zussi? How many games into the season does he replace Zussi? And Peter's like, zero. I'm yeah. going to put him on the left. <laughs> Zussi's staying in. It's, it was so weird. Yeah. It's going to be 2074, and Graham Zussi will still be in the starting lineup for Sporting Casey. Doesn't matter. That dude hustles his <laughs> ass off. He makes me tired yeah. when he makes the runs and then tracks all the way back. I'm like, dude, you are – how many miles do you think he runs a game? Yeah. 10? It's a lot. It's a lot. I, I, they do have the, those sort of fitness trackers on them that, that tracks how far they run. I would be curious to see how much – I mean, Zussi in particular just I – mean, they all run far. That's part of PV's right. system is they cover a lot of ground. But Zussi – doing sort of that wingback role where he's flying up from defense to to support in the offense and then you always see him busting his ass full on sprinting you know 80 yards back on defense to make up for something that someone else did so a good average 
for a soccer player covering ground is about a 10k so about six yeah. miles yeah but uh i dude i'd be curious to see if zeusy doesn't do more than that oh i would bet he's on the higher end of that just because of how like much he pushes 10. up in the attack and then how fast he has to get back to recover well the dude's so. fit that's for sure i mean I, it, he hurt, it hurts my knees just watching him go <laughs> <laughs> well eventually it'll hurt his knees too uh, it'll that's catch up true, to him man. one day arthritis will come <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean Outside of Buzio, Reed, and, and Lindsay, I don't know that there were a, a ton of surprises here. Uh, Ilya Sanchez has been away from the club dealing with some family issues, so hopefully everything's okay yeah. there. We don't know what, what that is, but, you know, hope all, all is well there. Uh, Kyrie uh, and Johnny were both in there, and it was kind of weird because they both tend to do better on the right side, uh, but we don't really have a great left-wing option right now. I mean, there's Gerso. But Peter seems to like bringing Jerso off the bench. Uh, so Kyrie moved over to the left side, and he definitely plays better on the right. But so does Johnny. So. It's weird. Yeah, Johnny had been, like, subbing in for Kyrie um, in the ending stages down in Orlando. Yeah. But uh, to have them both starting, it's, it's like I get it. They're both great players, but can they play together, like on opposite sides, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the biggest bummers sort of about I don't I wouldn't say it's it's about the way the roster's constructed per se because some of this is how injuries have played out and whatnot but there are some players where it's like dang like ideally like they kind of play the same sort of position like in their best spot and you know Johnny and Kyrie are, are kind of that way uh, Kinda and Buzio like Buzio we'll, we'll talk about him playing the sort of defensive midfield role he's never played before but Kinda and Buzio like they're both more natural attackers so, it, you know, it's kind of tough to – Lindsay and Zussi, again, like they're both right backs. So trying to figure out how do you get these players to play out of their regular position and still get the same level of production out of them, it's tough. Right. So, but let's, let's jump into this, this uh, Minnesota game a little bit. Um, as far as the stats go, it, it was relatively even, although Minnesota actually far outpossessed Sporting KC, which is unusual. Uh, 58 to 42, basically, Minnesota one possession. So it's kind of weird. But, uh, you know, the game started off um, – Sporting looked good at first. I mean, Minnesota had a shot off in the third minute. Melia had to kind of come out of his goal, make a big save. But that kind of set the tone there. Um, but it, it was, you know, not long later uh, in the 12th minute where it was Gadi Kinda who actually – was able to put one away and uh, and put Sporting KC in the lead. I mean, this was a, a pretty good um, team goal. It felt like maybe Roger got a touch to this. was the one, like, to refresh your memory, where Gotti Kinda whipped a, a pretty good ball into the box, and Roger kind of put his foot out, and it looked like at first that Roger got a touch to it. That's right. This game in general was like, I don't know, man. It should have ended. You might as well just call it 1-0. Like, all the goals were not – intentional goals you know what I mean <laughs> right well and that's part of what my, my ultimate gripe will be yeah with this game I mean it kind of worked out well because the Minnesota keeper came out clearly thinking that Roger was going to get a touch to it so he sure. positioned himself as if Roger was going to get a touch to it and Roger should have like it was he was going to Roger was not intentional back or anything no this was just Roger missed it yeah it just happened worked to work out. out well because then the ball bounced right into the corner of the net. Gotti Kinda gets the goal, and suddenly it's 1-0 Sporting KC. So Pretty crazy. And, and <laughs> I think, you know, they were given the goal to, to Espinoza, and, 
after reviewing it, it's like, no, I, I guess that goal, let's put quotes around it, goes to Gadi Kinda, you know? Yeah. Whether he was intending to shoot or not, which I no way he was. I know. I mean, honestly, it was a good ball in from yeah. Kinda. Like it, he he put it right where he needed to put it for for Roger. It just so happens that Roger missed it, and then it just so happens that Roger missing it actually worked out well. Yeah, I'm kind of, I guess I'm glad Roger missed it. I mean, yeah. if he if he touches it, the goalkeeper probably saves it. I don't know. It's very possible, or he sends <laughs> it over the bar, or, or sure. you know, a lot of things could happen. Well, but... Roger Roger's good at tap ins. He sends him over the bar when he <laughs> skies him from outside <laughs> the box. You know, it's like yeah. Jesus, Roger Rocket. Um, <laughs> that's roger roger (laughs) (laughs) you've been watching too much star wars nerd Um, alert (laughs) so but then things got weird in this game from then on out i mean it was already kind of weird with that goal because that was clearly not how it was designed but 32nd minute uh minnesota started building up a little bit of an attack Uh, they were kind of moving the ball they send it to the right side of the box minnesota i think this was meant to be a cross like just sending it in front of goal Jalen Lindsay stuck his foot out to try to deflect it away, which this isn't necessarily Jalen's fault. I guess maybe you could just say he didn't fully commit to the block. He kind of stuck his foot out instead of like throwing his body in front of it. That's like the biggest criticism you could have. But Ethan Finley fires the ball in. Jalen sticks his right foot out, gets just enough of it to send it off of its trajectory away from Tim, who has no chance at that point, and it just goes right into the goal. So it's 1-1, own goal, Jalen Lindsay. Yeah, but then later on, they, we, we, we got it back uh, in, in almost an identical-looking play, you know? Yeah, so this one actually, there was 55th minute, Michael Boxel scores an own goal to put Sporting KC ahead again. Now, this one, I will say, it starts with a poor giveaway from Minnesota, but also a fantastic play from Gadi Kinda, who steals the ball at midfield and just drives straight up the field, gets it out to Johnny Russell on the left side. Johnny does well to get around... Uh, the the Minnesota defender sends the ball back in towards sort of on a cutback pass. And I don't know what Michael Boxall is doing, but it's like, he just finished it perfectly. It was a gorgeous finish. He put it right in there. I was like, Oh (laughs) hell yeah. Go on boy. I I felt mostly bad because I was like, somebody got to give Johnny an assist for that. Yeah. Like he's not going to get it because we didn't put it away, but like the buildup from Kinda and then from Johnny was gorgeous. It's just that, you know, I think that Polito was there. I think that's who Johnny was trying to send it to. Boxall just got in between Johnny and Polito and just put it in the net. Mm-hmm. So that's how it ends. 2-1, Sporting Case, he wins. The weirdest game, man. Like, I mean, yeah, you can call Kinda's goal justified, but the other two were not. You know, they were, they were both own, goal, own goals. So, uh, you know, you take, you take whatever you can get. I mean, that's what a lot of the players said in the post-match. They were like, uh, these things happen, so we'll take it and move forward. Yeah. Which, subsequently, is the exact same thing they said at the end of the Houston game. Well, these things happen. What? What? <laughs> what? You, you get embarrassed at yeah. your home field in yeah. front of 2,500 fans? I, I don't know. So there were two – There was their back-to-back games had two firsts happen, um, both okay. somewhat negative, uh, depending on how you look at it. The Minnesota game, it was the first game in sporting KC history with multiple own goals in a single game. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So there's that. And then we'll talk about the Houston game later. But since I brought it up, that was the first time in Houston Dynamo history that they scored five goals in a road game. So. Well, that sucks. Glad (laughs) we could give that to them. Uh, Also, I enjoyed the stat that said Houston had never won at Children's Mercy Park in six years. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, 
yeah okay good good for them i guess and but there was a long transcript of the post-game comments from tab ramos from their players and our players and i kind of got a hand at the tab ramos i mean he was like this didn't just happen like this was a long time coming we've been working really hard and and even the players were like this is tab's first year he hasn't really had a chance to to do much because of the covid break and then right. easing back into things like they don't know him so i mean i hate houston because you know we're supposed to but like you got to hand it to tab ramos dude ultimately seems like a good guy and uh for them to get the victory not only with five goals and by the way for the for a neutral fan you just watched a seven goal match <laughs> that's nuts dude and very yeah. highly entertaining yeah so I do just I want to finish out the Minnesota game real quick. One yeah. more point just Thought to make. Thought we're moving on. I, I read the room wrong. Nope, that's okay. I want to just the one the one thing I want to say as far as like the analytics go, which gives makes me a little Ooh, concerned. Jimmy Lytics. Was if you look at the XG for the game, Minnesota actually had the higher XG. Wow. Um, it was not by much. It was 0.79 for Minnesota to 0.71 for SKC. So it's a virtual draw. And that's expected goals, people. That's not a new uh, cell phone <laughs> provider or anything. It's, it's goals. Yeah. You've heard of 5G. Have you heard of XG? XG. Um, holy shit. Is that 10? <laughs> 10G? 10G. Um, yeah. There, That'll there, give you COVID, by the way. There's uh, If you go out and look, look, <laughs> if you go out and look at a, a, Twitter, um, a Twitter account, Gameflow, at Gameflow XPG, it's put out there by uh, – um, American Soccer Analysis. Oh, wow. They they basically put out uh, the XG by minute for across a chart for a game. So they show you like from zero to however many minutes the game ends up being the exact XG for any given shot, and then it adds it up and they show you what the total XG is. So it's pretty interesting because it kind of shows you like where teams got their best opportunities throughout the game. Wow. Um, a lot of statistic dorks out there. Yeah. Go check but, it out. But basically what this is saying is that Minnesota and Sporting were virtually in a deadlock as far as, you know, offense goes. Minnesota had the slight edge and both of them were terrible because an XG under one for an entire game is not good. So offensively, we were not good in that game. Was that your gripe? Was that your uh, your issue with this game? The expected goals not being Yeah. Good? Just, well, that and just that we won. But like if you dig a little deeper, like – we Should didn't we have won we didn't ever get a good offensive chance and and we won because of flute goal true so, and from a fan's perspective you're like shut the hell up we still won you know right. what i mean and i'm not trying to take that away because the three no. points is three points but just as if you're look if you're trying to look at and i know some people brought this up after the dynamo game too you're kind of looking at sporting casey's body of work you're like we got a lot of points but how many of those games where we earned points did we actually look dominant Right. And really, it was the first two games of the regular season back in March. And since then, we've had some weird fluky wins, and we've had it's some true. close wins, but we haven't really looked dominant. Makes you wonder if we've kept pace with the other teams that have been training the same amount of time we have, because, you know, Houston came and really gut-checked us, you know? Yeah. So let's let's move on to this this Houston game. Ah, see, I sensed it. That's why I said wait <laughs> to the Houston game. I sensed it going there. I'm Perfect. learning. Perfect. Uh, so this one, you know, again, it, it it was virtually the same starting lineup except with one big change. No Graham Smith. We had Matt Beasler back in there, yeah. and and, and I guess back the captain. Captain was back. Oh wait, Polito was the captain. <laughs> he still. I do want to talk about alert. that. And. Uh, 
Kyrie was not in the starting lineup. Jerso was in the starting lineup now. But, so yes, you're right. Polito was still given the captain's armband, despite the fact that Matt Beasler was back in the lineup. Now, do you like Gerso as a starter? I like Gerso off the bench. Yeah, he, he really comes in with that fire. And like, if you're the other team, you see him coming in, you're like, oh, shit, I'm so tired. Now I got to deal with this guy. Yeah, I like Gerso off the bench. I just <clears> worry <throat> about that we don't have a great left wing option right now because I don't know what's going on with Daniel Shallowy, but he doesn't well, see yeah. him in the cards. Speaking of the giraffe, they brought him in last night. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just he seems to be in the doghouse since winning SKC's Golden Boot a few years ago. Right. There and was talk of him going to Europe. They're like, what? What's the over under on him being sold? And well, I, that hasn't happened. Can't can't get sold if you don't get opportunities on the field. You know, can't move up. Right. Well, you know, he he had that year where like he could not. Was it last year? I don't remember. Couldn't, what is couldn't time? buy a goal. Couldn't uh, buy a goal to save his life until had. the very last goal of the or, game of the year i think yeah. it was finally got a goal uh but you know it, it almost it's like a, um a cautionary tale for someone like Gianluca Buzio where it's like hey you can have a good a good year and that doesn't mean that you're gonna continue to have a good year good years good career doesn't mean that you're gonna be sold to Europe like everybody's saying or what now Buzio and, and Shallowy aren't exactly the same. I think most people would say Buzio probably has a better opportunity and, and uh, probably a higher ceiling than, than Shallowy. But I don't know. We'll see. Sure, he's considerably younger, uh, plays a different position entirely, so yeah, uh, which has different demands. And speaking of different positions entirely, he's, he's playing the six right now, which, is, which he's spoken many times to reporters like, uh, it's different. He's like, I want to go forward. You know, that's just my mindset. So it's different. Yeah. Well, and you can see, so he, I thought he did pretty well in the Minnesota game. Yes. Now, part last of that. Last night was different. La, last night was different. Part of the, the deal in the Minnesota game is, as we just talked about with XG, Minnesota never really had that much of an attacking press. They never challenged Sporting KC on offense too much. So he didn't have to do a ton defensively. He was able to move up a little bit. He had some good passes. Uh, there were a couple times where he got burned on defense, but it didn't end up amounting to anything. Houston was a different story. To me, not just him, the whole team, but Buzio looked tired after about 30 minutes. He was slow on defense. He wasn't putting his whole body into his challenges. Um, the one ye the yellow card he got, he looked like he didn't know what he was doing. He kind of slid in two feet and then tried to stop himself. And I wondered about that because I thought maybe after getting a yellow so early in the game, I was like, what's that going to do to his confidence going forward? Like now you're on a yellow, you don't want to get another one and, and hurt your team, you know? Yeah. So did he kind of pull back a little bit and not be as aggressive? Certainly possible. It's natural to do that. So, you know, before we get into like the various goals and whatnot of this game, like what, what are your, what are your <laughs> various, so many goals, dude. Yeah. It was so exhausting. It was wild. What, what are your overall impressions so far of, of Buzio in the sort of, number six position especially after and I don't think you know this this was a big media headline I don't think Peter meant it this way but when people were asking Peter about Buzio at the six after Minnesota he brought up Andrea Pirlo so yeah, he did I don't think he was trying to say Buzio's the next Pirlo I think he was trying to say we want him to to play in that same sort of style that Pirlo played where he's sort of that like he can come forward he can he can be sort of a, a facilitator type number six but when you throw out a name like Pirlo and forget his NYCFC days but like think about his time with with Juve in, in Europe it's one of the best players of all time 
So yeah, it's uh, it feels weird. I, I like the I like three strikes and you're out. Third time's a charm type deal. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him at that position on Saturday. Kind of get one more shot because you know he had a good performance in Minnesota. Weird performance against Houston. Let's see what ha- you know. Let's break the tie and and have a good game on or bad in Colorado. You know, yeah. Colorado's no slouch, slouch either, man. Like they're gonna come hard. Yeah. Well, and and the problem, it's weird. Houston's not a great team. Houston had not won a game until they came and played us, which is not great. And then they also scored five goals on the road for the first time because they're like historically the worst road team that you can be. Also not great. That's just crazy. That just makes it that ah, it makes it so much more upsetting to even talk about. Right. But Houston always scares me because I always feel like they match up very well against SKC because they're so fast. What did we say last week? We're like, dude, they're fast. They have yeah. speed on those wings. Albert Elise is just, where's he come from? Yeah. I'm like, oh, there he is again, getting behind Jalen Lindsay. How is this possible? Yeah. And Darwin Quintero, he's, he's pretty fast. He's also very yeah. technical. So, you know, it's... Dude, they were sending through balls like crazy. Tim Milia was just like, again? Yeah. <laughs> well, part of the issue is as we all know in Peter's system those fullbacks push up to overlap in the attack quite a bit how many times do you see Johnny with the ball and then Zeusy just flies by him and Johnny lays it off and Zeusy sends him the cross or same thing on the left side Jalen or, or, or Luis Martins whoever's right. in there flies Houston didn't need to do that Houston didn't need to do that but also when Sporting Casey was doing that if Jalen Lindsay pushed up anywhere near midfield or farther up in the attack it burned him. One mistake if someone's not back covering and Elise is gone. And that's what happened pretty much in the first three goals. It was his... bad, dude. And he's a tall <laughs> dude too, right? So his stride is just ridiculous. Yeah. He just like Lindsay, they weren't all on the counter. A couple of them were kind of on the counter. But, but Lindsay just lost sight of where Elise was on the field too many times. Well, at least he didn't sex panther us after he scored, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. He does um, that little panther celebration it's sexy yeah. and weird it's i don't like it yeah. uh, it's like bastardization of the digital crawl um <laughs> <laughs> so let's you know there were the game actually did start out kind of well and and buzio we were just talking about he had this shot from distance that was on target and very good curling into the top right corner yeah that um, little zigged on it didn't it you saw the it was zigzag. A, little, a little bit of a knuckler um it, it it curved ultimately at the end toward the keeper and he was able to punch it over the bar but that was that was a pretty good shot yeah a keeper jumped straight up though got it and uh fell right down on his bum bum just uh, <laughs> i was just like term. ouch that feels yeah. like it might have hurt my coccyx yeah but but again what happened with the first goal it, it this one actually went through the left side um but Darwin Quintero had the ball, was able to, to make a couple defenders miss. He made Winston Reed look silly. He put him on his butt. He fell down flat on his butt, sends the ball across the face of goal. Lindsay kind of lost sight of where Albert Elise was. I don't know if he thought somebody, Jericho or somebody, was sort of back there helping him cover, but nobody's there. And then Elise just taps the ball in from point-blank range. It looks like it might have been a miscommunication between Beasler yeah. and, and Jalen because Beasler's kind of caught in no man's land. He's not marking anybody. Um, I don't think he'll play Saturday, Beasler. Man, I don't know what happened or what's going on, but it's not good. No captain's armband. Uh, just that on that goal, like you said, he was nowhere to be found. But you saw Jalen Lindsay turn around 
oh, there's Albert Elise. And Jalen's like, well, all I can do is put my hand up and hope that it's offside. Right. But I, uh, it wasn't Jalen. You just lost him. And I, I'm sorry to say it, a very talented dude, but just not as fast as that slippery snake. Not as fast as, as Albert. And I was kind of surprised because if you look at the post-game quotes, I thought this was one of those where Peter was just going to like eviscerate everybody. And yeah. he didn't. He was so calm, like usual. Yeah, these things happen, you know. It's a bad yeah. day. It's, um, you know, even when, when he was asked about the success of Houston on the right side, he said, you know, I think that um, Albert Elise is a tough mark for anybody in this league. He's an important player for them. When you look at the third goal, which we'll talk about here in a minute, Jalen Lindsay gets a little man-oriented in that situation and maybe overcommits a bit, which is what we also said happened. There are some learning curves that go with, uh, with opportunities. That's the way it goes sometimes. I have a lot of faith in him. I think he has a lot of room to grow, and this is one of those experiences for him tonight. So that's a lot more forgiving than I was willing to be last night. It's really forgiving, and you can't punish these guys in practice the next day because you're like, oh, I can't go hard on their bodies because we play again on Saturday. You know what I mean? From a coach's standpoint, you want to like make a point and be like, oh, we're running tomorrow. We are running. Five (laughs) goals at home? Are you out of your minds? Yeah. I'm not saying that like that's it for Jalen Lindsay, write him off. He should never play again. No, definitely not. What I am. Just poor poor judgment on his part uh, and the team in in a whole. Like they're faster than him. And and, and to be clear, this like I want to, I'm going to be picking on Jalen throughout some of these goals, but like, the entire team defensively was just absolute dog poop. Right. Like, the defense is not on one person. Like, no. It's a team thing. It was, it was not good. And I just – it was clear to me, and I, and I said this last night in the middle of the game, I was like, Jalen's got to come out. Like, you got to yank him now. And I saw other people say, like, Jalen at this point's actively hurting the team in this game, which I think is, is not totally unfair because he just wasn't – and it's, it's not his fault. He just, I think, was in over his head. And he seems like the type of player, and this is probably more a factor of his age than anything else and just lack of experience, that when things start going wrong, there's a higher probability that it just kind of snowballs mentally and it's just harder and harder to pull yourself out of it. And mm-hmm. when things, and then as things keep going wrong, it just kind of becomes a negative feedback loop. And it seems like that's what was happening last night. Well, I just hope he's, you know, I'm sure he is mature enough to let this roll off his back i mean there's more games i mean he's he's getting experience ideally you get better the more games you play so we'll just have to see what happens i mean it's uh it felt weird hey we're not we're not talking bad about the team though because we're always going to support them win draw or loss but like (laughs) we're not like that guy on twitter that you owned who was like i'm done watching sporting kc i'm done with them and you searched to see if his name was ever associated with anything, SKC, Sporting KC, Sporting, and he had never tweeted a damn thing about him. And it's like, you've never begun to support right. them. What do you mean you're done? They won't it, miss you. Bye-bye. Yeah, this was a dude. So all, both teams kneeled for the national anthem. Not surprising. People just – Why are we play? I thought we weren't going to play it. They'll, they'll play it if they're fans in the stands. Oh, yuck. I, I haven't – this, this hasn't been – confirmed publicly by the league but i've been told that don garber's position is that the anthem is for the fans so if there are fans in the stands the league will play the anthem if there are no fans in the stands they will not play the anthem cool so like that (laughs) sweet like who cares yeah so yes um 
Mackenzie Nelson, who is a sports reporter for 41 Action News, just put up a photo on Twitter. Both teams taking a knee during the national anthem. And and all players, all refs, you know, everybody. Well, no one threw anything, so that's good. No one threw anything. Everybody was there uh, taking a knee. Uh, one, I was trying to look. You know, not every, not all of the coaching staffs were taking a knee. There were some players on the benches for uh, for Houston in particular who who were standing. Um, I don't see Peter anywhere in this photo. I don't. I was actually kind of curious what he would do. Um, he might have still been doing stuff in the locker room at this point. I'm not sure. But see, um, dude, I'm sorry. Let me interject real quick. They asked him last night on the on the presser if. Uh, about his thoughts on the kneeling or whatever. And he basically did not address the kneeling. He just said, I mean, are you asking me if I'm against racism? Yes, I'm against racism. And I was like, that's not the question, Peter. Answer the question. Well, I actually don't hate that answer because I actually think that addresses more of what the root issue is that the kneeling's trying to protest. Because I think so much of this has become are you kneeling? Are you not kneeling? If you're not kneeling, does that mean you're a racist? If you are kneeling, does that mean that you're just too scared? Like that's sort of what the talking points have become. And I think I'm, if it were me and I were a player, like I'd I'd be out there kneeling. That's, That's what I would be doing personally. But I think that we've gotten so caught up in, in the specific action of kneeling that we've, sort of lost sight of over the years of what actually is trying to be talked about. So whether that's Peter's motivation or not for that answer, I have no idea, but I do think it's not a bad idea to sort of like, if people ask specifically about, are you for or against kneeling, say something like, look, I'm, I'm for players exercising their, their, their voice, no matter what. But I think that the issue that we need to be talking about is racism. Like let's move past the specific issue of kneeling, let them do what they want to do, but let's talk about what the actual issue is. Sure. So that doesn't totally bother me, but I don't know if that's what Peter was trying to do there or if he was just trying to not answer the question. But, right. but yeah, so she posted the reporter, Mackenzie um, Nelson posted this photo and it, shocker, KC Bluebacker, that's his, uh, his handle with the American flag in, in his name was saying another local sports team, I will no longer be watching. And I was like, Something tells me Mr. Casey Bluebacker probably has never watched a soccer game in his life. I just have a sneaky suspicion Mr. American Flag has never done that. And yeah, so I searched and uh, never once has he tweeted anything about sporting Casey. So no, definitely not. Um, I don't know. I just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird time. So, but anyway, getting back to this game let's let's fly through some of these goals because we got a couple other things to talk about but uh johnny russell um sort of scored a flute goal in the 26th minute um Gerso sends in a cross it bounced off of uh, alan Polito. then uh zarek valentin tried to kind of head it over the bar and then it just fell to johnny russell right in front of goal and he tapped it in suddenly it's uh tied up one one so we're feeling okay. 26th minute, um, 44th minute, just before halftime, we're thinking, okay, go into the half, tied 1-1, regroup. Uh, Christian Ramirez, Superman, he uh, he's able to put one away, basically point blank. Again, problem being, Albert Elise left wide open on the right side. Jalen gets so far into the middle that he and Beasler are basically standing right next to each other. Albert Elise is left wide open, sends the ball into the middle. 
Christian Ramirez taps it in 2-1. Nothing Tim can do there. I love how Jacob Peterson was like, well, Christian Ramirez has always been kind of a poacher. And I'm like, oh, shit, Jacob, throwing shade. You're not even on the field anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I, Jacob Peterson, I think, has a lot of knowledge. I think he's also got a lot of room to grow as a color commentator. Oh, sure. So what? It's his first year? I mean, yeah. he's not the best yet? What the hell? It's just, it's hard for players sometimes to step into that media role and just learn. I mean, it's hard for anybody. I mean, if you, if you were to go back and listen to our early podcast, we were just absolute trash. Don't do it, by the way. <laughs> don't, uh, don't Some do of that. them aren't even available on podcasts. And I'm not saying that, like, we're the world's most popular. Yeah, they just magically now. deleted. <laughs> but, um, but it, I mean, it, it does take practice to learn chemistry and to learn, you know, the right type of voice inflections and, and just to learn how to be a broadcaster. And, and he's just got to get there. And he, and I do feel bad for Nate because Nate said, and we talked to Nate about this when we had him on, he said like what, three different color commentators in the last four years. Yeah. Well, wow. That's true. It's can't be easy for him. Um, halftime one, one also halftime Carter Augustine tries to go ask Peter Vermees a question. And Peter's like, Hey Carter, come a little closer to me. Did you say halftime one, one, wasn't it two, one at halftime? Two, one, excuse me. Two, one at halftime. Okay. I was like that. You never yeah. want to go in. I mean, no. tied, I would have felt great. No, but yeah. then getting that last goal was like, son of a B. Yeah, 2-1 at halftime. And then and Peter told Carter to come closer at the halftime interview. And Carter was like, uh, yep. pandemic? I made a funny tweet. <laughs> Carter, Carter laughed his ass off, or so he typed. Car, yeah, Carter, Carter thought it was funny. <laughs> but I was just like, Peter, like, you're not wearing a mask. I know you probably are having a hard time hearing, but like. But he like said it too, like, come closer or I'm not talking to you. Like, <laughs> that was yeah. the, the intent I got from that and it, I, I just, you couldn't see Carter, but I just imagined him like taking a half step, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> not coming that close. Right. I imagine Carter just like, yeah, basically like took a baby step forward so as not to get yelled at more by Peter, <laughs> but also as like, I've been told not to get any closer. So I right. can't. Yeah. What do you, yeah. what do you mean come closer? How, why don't we get the fans out on the field too? Bring them all out here. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, but also Albert Elise was subbed out at halftime and and I I, I tweeted I was like yeah because Winston Reed killed him yeah but I was like this is good like their best player is out their fastest player is out Nico Hansen is in which like he's fine but like he's not Albert Elise like this is great he's pretty good to me (laughs) well it took all of three minutes for Nico Hansen to get in the game and and score Houston's third goal and again yeah. came from that right side uh Jalen Lindsay just gets totally beat Nico That's Hansen runs right by him does a nice little chip over Tim 3-1 Houston if you evaluate and 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 label the weakness of the other team you go at it you just go 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 I mean Sounds bad, but even in like rec soccer, if you see like a not so skilled player at right back, well, you get your best winger over on the left side and go at him, you know? Yeah. It's just, this is the one where Peter said he was kind of caught man marking and Jalen's not fast enough to make up that ground. So. Right. Just kind of unfortunate. Um, It's tough, man. But it was what, five minutes later? When we're down 3-1, 49th minute. And then we had another weird goal. Uh, Sporting was in the buildup. Um, Zussi sends a cross in. Uh, I think it was Polito who almost gets to it, heads it toward goal. It bounces off Kiki Struna, the defender. 
doesn't go in. And then Gadi Kinda does an overhead kick from point blank range. And you're like, oh, sweet. It's a goal. But then the AR held the offside flag up. And you're like, oh, no, is it offside? I don't know. And then the center ref overrules the AR. And then they're taking a look at it. And you're like, what is happening? Turns out it ends up being a goal. I love that the center ref overruled him. He's just like, no, no, I clearly saw it. I'm not even going to take a look at it. It was a goal. Right. Because, like, what well, did the side refs see? They clearly had a player in the back of the net. So it's like, no, no, Keen does not offsides if he's in the field of play. Well, that, yeah, that's what I was going to point out. Kiki Struna, the Houston defender, was literally standing in the net. Yeah. So definitionally, nobody can be offside on Sporting KC. Right. Yeah. As long as they're in bounds, I mean, you're not, you're not offside. No. So I don't know what the I don't know if the AR just didn't see Struna or what, but probably the, the center ref was like, no, 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 go. So yeah, at that point, split second, I would not want to be a line judge like that. I would not want to be the guy lifting the flag. I'd be like, nope, I didn't mean to do that. I just had a cramp. <laughs> yeah, a lot of responsibility. So at that point, um, it was three two. You're like, okay, we're back in it. There's 40 minutes left in this game. We got time. It's fine. Except then. It was the other winger who we talked about, Darwin Quintero, gets the ball on the left side, um, does a little give and go into the middle of the field. And it was right before this where I was just saying on Twitter during the game that Sporting KC was rotating very slow defensively. They were not getting to where they needed to be. They were not closing down. And then this happened. And I think this is a good example of that. Quintero, he's sort of being marked by Zussi and Winston Reed. Zussi's tired at this point, but he doesn't really bust his ass to get back there on defense. Um, he doesn't follow Quintero. He just is kind of jogging. Roger doesn't really stick with him. Beasler kind of half step, steps up, but doesn't really step up. And Quintero fires a great shot, but he shouldn't have ever had the room to shoot that shot. So, just not good. Bad deal, bro. Just, uh, it just what, what goal are we on now? <laughs> that was uh, four. Four for them. Okay. At that moment, you're like, all right, well, that kind of sucks, but still a good amount of time left, right? So let's, let's relax. Yeah, it's <laughs> at, at that point, you're like, this probably is not happening, but, but there's, there's still 30 minutes. So maybe, you know, weird, stranger things have happened. We've come back and right. been down 3-1 and ended up winning 4-3 in a matter of eight minutes before. So well, True. I, now, I was thinking, I got the fifth goal not long after that, and that's when I was like, well, I'm going to mute the game and put hard knocks on my phone yeah. because I don't want to be up till 1030 watching hard knocks. <laughs> well, again, it was from the wings started on the right side. Jalen, you know, Buzio just, this is probably more on Buzio than anybody to start with. Buzio kind of just very lackadaisical in his challenging of, uh, of the Houston player. Jalen too slow on the recovery. He was pretty high up the field. Again, doesn't have the speed to get back. So it was, it was a break. Jalen's not there. Uh, Quintero's running down the left side. Zussi couldn't catch up with Dar Darwin Quintero, although Zussi is busting his ass running the entire length of the field to try to get there. He just couldn't do it. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Quintero puts a nice finish away past him. 5-2, rest is history. Yeah, fun stuff. You know, I really thought uh, Daniel Shalway would come be the savior. I was like, we got this. We're, we're emptying the bench. All our academy players are in now. Let's go. Uh, but another, there's a positive for you. A lot of academy players got some big, uh, big time minutes last night. Yeah, I mean it was the first time that SKC's ever had five homegrowns on the field at the same time. 
That's right, man. You had you had Cameron Duke, you had Busio, you had Lindsay, Shallowy, uh, Hernandez. Hernandez. That's yeah. right. So I mean, Peter's always said he wants to get eventually a full eleven of homegrowns. Bro, Hernandez is promising as hell. Like I watched some of the stuff he does, some defensive tracking and and, and tackles. I'm just like this kid. Like I like him. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him start against Colorado in that number no six shit. spot, just because Buzio looked too tired. Yeah, like, and is it time to give is it time to give Roger a little break? It's probably time to give Roger a break. It's probably time to give Buzio a break. This is where the, that midfield depth is is starting to become a little concerning, and I'd like them to make a move. And Peter said that like they're looking at making moves, but also there's nothing that they're close on yet. That you know they're mm-hmm. they're pursuing some things, but just the price has to be right. And he he kind of mentioned that the market hasn't fallen as far as prices go as much as they sort of thought it would amidst the pandemic. So you not know, that they're I, hurting for money, but they're not also going to break the bank. Right. I still feel like I did last week. I, I think, I think Polito could play all six games. No problem. Maybe, maybe a quick sub out at the end, like they did with uh, Eric Hurtado, but like dude looks great. Dude's a horse. Yeah. I, I think Polito will stay in there. Yeah. Um, I, now, think we, I, I want to see him get on the goal sheet again. Like it's just, it feels like it's been a little bit. It has been a little bit. I think we'll see Kyrie back in the starting 11. Um, For Saturday? I, yeah. I almost wonder if we'll see Shallowy on the left side. I just... It, it's all a matter of how training goes this week, too. Like, whatever Peter's seeing. And it's, yeah. Uh, that's the thing. Know. Yeah, that's the thing that a lot of people forget is, like, we're j- judging all of what we're saying based on what we see in one 90-minute period. Peter sees right. these guys every day for hours every day. So he might see things in training that we have no idea about. So. True. But next game is uh, Saturday at Colorado, uh, 8, 8 p.m. Central Time. You mentioned that Houston had not won since 2014 in Kansas City. Sporting KC have not won in Colorado since 2014. Oh, Jesus. Well, let's, let's time to break that little streak. What yeah. about uh, – do they have fans, Colorado? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, in the stands, not not in general. Both, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was courtesy of uh, Mike Coon down the byline. By the way, he was the one that pointed out that we had not won in Colorado since 2014. So, oh, wow. I thought that we were going to come out of the weekend with four points. I was wrong. We came out with three points. I also thought we would beat Houston and we would draw Minnesota. I was wrong there. So, I was wrong about everything, but. Having said that, how are you feeling about going into Colorado on Saturday? Um, it, it's, it's a little scary. I mean, you remember the MLS is back tournament. We, we, uh, was that the game we played at 8 a.m.? It might have been. When, I don't uh, remember. Time when is... What's-his-name came out, scored an early goal. No, it wasn't. It wasn't because we scored, we scored early in the 8 a.m. game. Whenever we played Colorado, it uh, – why am I blanking on his name? Who scored right at the top of the box? Center. Um transfer from dallas uh oh god freaking killing acosta yes acosta jeez i was like why is that escaping me uh but you know he gets in space and he's a scary player and then of course you got diego rubio i mean this game could get a little chippy equal equal to what it was in orlando because of uh if you remember diego had that quote-unquote handball in the box yeah um which Polito converted the penalty Mm -hmm. it'll be It'll be interesting to see what happens, man, because there's a little bit of bad blood between these teams, if I'm, if I'm saying so. I mean, yeah, kind of a bit of a rivalry, I guess, with, with yeah. ex-players such as uh, 
Kai Rubio Kamara? and Kai Kamara. Yeah. So we, you, as you said, we beat them three two, and MLS is back. They have not been in a good run of form as of late. Their last four games, they've had one draw and three losses. Um, well, so did Houston. So that's true. What does that do for? Well, they had a lot of draws. They had like four draws. That's true. So uh, Colorado's last game was on Saturday. They lost four one to RSL. They play tonight at Dallas, six uh, thirty p.m. Mountain Time. Okay. So that's so we get an extra central. day of rest on them. Yeah. That's nice. So if you want to check them out tonight, if you have ESPN Plus, I'm sure you can see it, 7.30 Central. Uh, they're playing at Dallas. So, Oh, hey, something we didn't really touch on. Interesting thing that they're doing is flying in the day of the game, doing a little workout, a little warm-up, you know, get their yeah. legs stretched. Now, granted, it's not a commercial flight or anything that's, like, private, so they probably get a little more space and get to relax. And it's not a long flight either, but they fly in the day of the game, they play the game, they fly home right after it. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. So it's strange. I love it. Um, I mean, how long is that flight? Hour 20 minutes? If that, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think they have fans in the stands. Um, obviously, Sporting KC did have fans in the stands. I do want to talk about that a little bit. That was um, weird, man. Felt before really we, weird. Before we wrap up, there's a couple, like, league-wide news items I want to get to, too, but – we had some we had some spies in attendance, man. We had some <laughs> we had the NOP Legion out there doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, one of our, our listeners, Drake Ewing, um, he was at the game and he offered to sort of let us know. We didn't tell him to go to the, like he he was going on his own and he messaged right. us. He's a self appointed um, spy. Yeah, he <laughs> he he messaged us and was like, Hey, you know, I'm I'm going to the game. I know you guys said if you if you want if, if people are going, you want to hear their experience. So I'm happy to share mine. We said, absolutely. Let us know. Um, he kind of told us what happened sort of like, especially pre game, the process, which I thought was kind of interesting. So obviously, um, you know, they had their, the capacity limits, masks are required to be worn at all times, clear bags. Uh, he said they had specific arrival times for various sections. His section had to arrive at 6.30 which was at a specific gate, which was the latest possible arrival time. Supporters in the cauldron had to arrive at 5.30 at the Budweiser gate, which was the earliest time. Um, he said, and I would assume as well, like if you get there later, like let's say you show up after 7 because of traffic, I assume they'll let you in. They're just probably trying like during that rush of entry to try to keep it sort right. of contained um social now, distance parking no cash only credit cards didn't they say like they take your temperature if you have a temperature mm -hmm. they give you 10 minutes of a rest yeah and then take it again and and if hartzel, thought that was interesting hartzel had to go home hartzel apparently tested positive i couldn't tell from his tweet if he found out like when he showed up to the yeah. stadium or what but he says he, positive they weren't testing you like right then and there i mean maybe sporting kc has rapid results tests those aren't those aren't as accurate, but they give some level of accuracy. So maybe they're doing rapid results tests, and he tested positive, and they said just to be careful, go home. Um, but you're right. Temperature checks at the gate. If you fail, you have to wait ten minutes before trying again. If you fail a second time, you're barred from entering, and then the rest is you know wash your hands, stay six feet apart, stay in your seat, etc. And then he said also. You're supposed to stay in your seat after the match and wait for stadium announcements of when your section's allowed to leave to try to, you know, get people spaced out there. Now, he left a little early, so yeah. you goddamn cheater. But yeah. no. <laughs> no, but that was great info that Drake gave us, and we even had more info from an email, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll get to that email in just a second. Um, 
you know, Drake did mention, um, you know, he talked to a guest or, or yeah, guest services member and the guest services member said the biggest thing to do is like stay in your seat, keep masks on. He didn't go to concessions, so he didn't know how that was going. Um, oh boy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it was very, very strange. Um, he felt overall, he, he thought things went relatively smoothly and, and he felt good the whole time. Now, as you mentioned, one of our other listeners, um, Anthony Hasek, Hasek, I'm not sure how you say his last name. Let he me sent, piggyback on that. I, yeah. I, at first I thought I would feel fine if I had an assigned seat. If you're in that bleacher seating in the, in the member stand area, mm-hmm. bro, people just scrunched together. And I was like, what is happening over there? Yeah. Like, you did not come with those 10 people. What, what is happening? It looks so you're supposed to stay within your little pod of like four or right. less. Where's people. the pods? Where's the pods they speak of? And and neither of us were at the game, but it did look like on on camera that people who were in the east stand, west stand, south stand who had actual seats, it's much more clear, like sort of like where your defined area is because you're like, okay, well, I'm in seat 102, 103, 104, 105. Like we'll stay there. And so for those people, it looked like at least as far as distancing goes, I can't speak to masks because you couldn't see those on TV. Looked but we like had they an were, email about masks. We did. But it looked like those people were staying apart. But you're right. In the cauldron, as soon as that game started, looked like people started to scrunch toward the middle and that distancing got a little lax. Yeah. So. I would have I would have gotten messed up. I would have turned to someone and been like, get the fuck away from me. Like I uh, would have been bad. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this email we got from Anthony, which thank you to both Drake and Anthony for these emails. This is this is great. Um, you know, I, this is just a these are real experiences from from people and we're sharing them as they they got them so real talk um first he said some kind words to us which we appreciate thank you anthony nice. we we appreciate you uh some being a, a great listener um he says i initially was unsure but decided to go given it was outdoor with reduced capacity and masks were required Overall, the experience was pretty good, but there were definitely some issues i hope the club addresses for future matches which is probably this is Editorial side note, probably to be expected. I don't sure. think anybody thought it was going to go 100% perfect, but, you know, we this were hoping that it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then he sort of broke it out into the good, the bad, and the ugly. So the good, he said, most fans in the member stand slash cauldron did a good job of social distancing. So we on TV saw it looked like they were getting a little closer. Maybe it was just some of those people in the middle. It did seem like the people more on the sides did kind of stay more on the sides, but I don't know where Anthony was sitting specifically, but for, from the TV perspective, it did like the, look like those middle sections were definitely scooching a little closer together than what I would have liked. Um, and I did get a text from somebody who's not an SKC fan who was watching the game, and all he said, he goes, man, those fans are close together. So It looked like that, yeah, especially in the member stand. It looked weird. Um, so he, Anthony also said staggered entrances made parking easy. No one berated anyone else over their decision to stand or kneel during the anthem. That's good, which is what we thought would happen. We thought people would have their differences of opinion, but we didn't think any SKC fans would boo or throw anything like Dallas fans did. So good job, SKC fans. Um, Fans did the best they could to create an atmosphere before it got ugly, which is also what the players and coaches said. Um, so this is interesting. Security tossed someone next to me after several reminders to wear their mask when not eating or drinking. Security was also very polite in dealing with the fan, despite the fan arguing that they were wearing the mask when they clearly were not. So 
shout out to SKC security for, for sticking to their guns and dealing with people who are breaking the rules. Don't break the rules. You're not above it. So yeah. Um, the bad anti-mask shenanigans from a few fans in the cauldron. One guy in particular held up an empty beer can to his mouth anytime security walked by to pretend he was actively drinking. Don't be that Why guy. Do that? Don't what, be what that, that guy. What does that do? That way he doesn't have to wear his mask. He wasn't wearing his mask and he just had an empty beer can and whenever security would come by, he would pretend he was drinking from an empty beer can so he never had to put it on. Wow. Don't be that guy. You're, you're an asshat if you're that guy. <laughs> I don't care if you're a listener. You're being an asshole. Don't do it. Why is it so hard? I don't... It's not. I don't know, man. Fans near the aforementioned guy were definitely sitting too close to each other. And masks could have been enforced better. So, you know, it's tough when you're trying to deal with 2,200 fans and you don't have security to to enforce it constantly. But if you're going to go to a game, people, like, that's your own decision. But, like, the reason this is possible is because of safety protocols. If you're going to go wear the damn mask, don't be that guy. Otherwise, we're not going to have any fans. Otherwise, you took a ticket from someone who would have went, I mean, if they were chosen. Right. You know, because these are the chosen ones. Like, I mean, I didn't get an email offering for me to go. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't get one or turn it down. I didn't have the option. So uh, my buddy Chris, he didn't get one. Um, Interesting. So I wonder like if it was like were, a lottery type it was. thing. Yeah. So if you were going to go and not do what you're asked, then let someone else go. Yeah. And then he said the ugly, the few fans I mentioned previously berated security people trying to enforce masks, mask wearing and social distancing. Again, don't be assholes. It's not security's fault we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's not guest services fault we're in the middle right. of a pandemic. What are they making? What are they getting? $12 an yeah. hour to, to be in, be unsafe as well? It's like, not the club's fault we're in the middle of a pandemic. I have my thoughts on whether fans should be in the stadium or not, but this, the club put these rules in place to try to make it possible so you could be in the stands. So if you're going to go, follow the damn rules. There's one risk I'm willing to take right now. By the way, anywhere you go is a risk. There might be small risk. There might be large risk. Risk is risk is risk. I'm only willing to go to the grocery store. Like That's kind of where I'm at right now. Me too. Me um, too. You know, I, I've... I've gone to, to see my father and I, I like, we were out at his pool. So like we were totally away from each other, Yeah, but still I was just like, this feels so weird. Like, yeah. Well, the only, the only place we've gone outside of the grocery store is we went out to Holden, Missouri, which is middle of nowhere. Um, a lot of, lot of cows (laughs) to see Brittany's grandpa, but he lives on a farm and we sat out on the front porch and we were like 10 feet apart at least. And we wore masks. So, we had family in our backyard yeah. and we were like completely away from each other. But, yeah. and that's cool that you can be creative. I'll tell you one thing I'm not doing and I love seeing movies, but I'm not seeing movies. Oh, hell no. There are doctors Bro, I miss out movies. there. Oh, I, I miss, miss them, them so much. I want to see, I want to go see movies, but I mean, I, I, I sent you this the other day cause we both had AMC a list and, and we would yeah. go see, you know, multiple movies a month but, or a um, week <laughs> or, or a week. But even with all of the things, amc is doing as far as protections and whatnot i i sent you an article from some doctors they were like going to a movie is literally the last thing i would do right now because you're in a in an enclosed space with relatively poor air circulation there's a lot of people even if they're skipping every other row they're not skipping seats next to you like that was one of the things i saw some people say where it's like okay they're, they're only selling tickets every other row but 
They've been skipping every other seat, it looks like. If you book a seat, they X out the ones next to you. Oh, they do? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I took a look at it. And I okay. didn't actually buy a ticket, but I looked and I was like, okay, so they're doing that. Maybe, maybe that changed because I saw somebody I at first um, where they were like, I bought two seats next to each other in two separate transactions that were not related to each other as a test to see if I could do this. Oh. And he's like, and I could. Yeah, so I, think goes, that, I think they addressed that. Yeah. He was like, one happens to be for me and one happens to be for my wife. And we bought them from two different accounts that were unlinked. And so mm-hmm. we're not sitting next to a stranger, but at least at that time, two strangers could have bought seats next to each other. And then you're so in, the same in that same mindset that you don't want to be in an enclosed place right now. Obviously a sporting game seems way more acceptable than a, a movie theater, but would sure. you want to get on a plane? I mean, that seems very enclosed as well. So the, the biggest difference between a plane and something else from what I understand, and I've read quite a few articles from scientists on this, because plane travel sometimes is necessary, whether for, for personal family reasons or for business reasons. The biggest difference between a plane and something like a movie theater is the filters that are on a plane. They filter out every single bit of air in an airplane cabin every three minutes. And so, Hmm. and the types of filters they have filter out the vast majority of particles so that even small virus particles are are likely to be filtered out. Now, that's interesting knowledge. There's still a risk, but one health official slash scientist that I was reading an article the other day, and I don't remember the exact numbers. So I'm not, and I'm not saying everybody go fly because that's not what I'm saying, but he was saying, on a plane where middle seats are empty and everybody's wearing masks like they should, which is a big, big if, given the filtration and the fact that the air circulated out in the cabin entirely every three minutes, he said you have about a one in 7,700 chance of actually catching coronavirus on a plane if middle seats are empty, everyone's wearing masks and the filtration huh. system is working properly. So, so I should have kept my Disney World pretty good. In. Well, they said if, if <laughs> Disney World might be a different story. Um, if, if not all seats are, are empty, that, that chance goes up. But it's still, I guess, relatively rare as long as people are wearing masks. But it's still a possibility. And there, there have been reports of people, not a lot, but like a couple of people, I think it was on a Delta flight, they were positive and didn't realize it. And they infected a group of like 10 people kind of around them. I don't know if masks were being worn or not. So it's possible, but planes are apparently... If everything's working properly, planes are a lower risk than like a movie theater. Interesting. So, well, but, here, we, here we go again, talking about masks <laughs> and stuff. It's just crazy. But, but I, I miss movies, bro. And apparently yeah. they have filters in the theaters as well, which I'm like, I don't know. I don't trust anything anymore. They can't even keep the floors clean in those movie theaters. I don't trust them to keep the, keep the air clean. <laughs> Why is it always <laughs> sticky? That's so gross. But dude, I'll tell you, uh, if you have every single streaming service at home, why do you need anything? Like, I mean, yeah. oh, that movie will come to HBO soon. You know, you'll, it, or then it'll be on Netflix or Hulu gets the rights to it, you know. So what are you going to do? Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's all crazy. Um, the last thing Anthony say, said in his email about the ugly is he goes, the result, I hate losing the Houston more than any other team. So, yeah, I put that up there too, man. I, uh, I think, would Houston be the number one for you? RSL, I think, is my number one. RSL's up there. I hate RSL. I kind of have Portland or Seattle in my mind. Well, I don't know. 
So that's the problem. I keep thinking of other teams. Atlanta's also up there too, just because I hate Atlanta. That's but true. we don't. But we don't play Atlanta nice. that often. It was nice. We gave them their first loss at home, you yeah. know, ever. So that yeah. was cool. They'll always have that. I think I hate losing the RSL more than I hate losing the Portland or Seattle. I think I hate losing the Portland more than I hate losing the Seattle because Portland, like Seattle, their fans are obnoxious, but at least like they generally have teams that are good enough to back it up. Portland, I feel like they're more often obnoxious, even though they're not as good on the field. They mm. just think they're God's gift to soccer. Right, right. So. Hey, something I forgot last night. I forgot Zarek Valentin was uh, was on Houston. Yeah. Totally forgot because he was with Portland, right? Yeah. So. I saw that name and I was like, he doesn't play for them. I think he was there last year too. Yeah, yeah. I just – I forget, man. You associate someone's name with – with someone else and that's yeah. why it was so weird to see Benny Failhaber play for anyone else you know LA and Colorado yeah Benny Failhaber going, uh, going to UCLA to be a coach congrats to Benny happy for Benny him I hate UCLA so Benny's I kind of wondered me. if he'd have some kind of <laughs> <laughs> I finally yeah that's right you do hate UCLA I wonder if he was going to work with sporting in some capacity yeah he was sticking around he, his kids were raised here so yeah. I don't know well I mean he went to UCLA and he likes California. He has family there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame him. And look, they have a good soccer program. You know, credit where credit's due. It's hard to pay rent, but it's a great place to be out there. It's it's sucks stupid to drive expensive. anywhere. Yeah. Um last thing, because we're we're getting kind of long here, but um we did get a, a, a direct message from uh, McKinnon Walsh with some questions. So I just wanna I don't know if we'll be able to get to all of these, but let's let's get through um a couple of them. Um was Dia not an option at left back? I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he didn't come in. I guess yeah, it just yeah. wasn't part of the sub pattern. Hmm. So I forgot his name. I forgot about him. Yeah. Like I just, he hasn't been in my mind, you know, he was on the bench. I think maybe it got to the point where it was like, Peter was like, this is going to be a learning opportunity for Jalen. So let's just keep, keep him working through it, which is kind of the vibe I got from the post game quotes. Let him finish out the shit show. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, is Beasler done at center back? That's a great uh, question. We'll see on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, I saw some people that were like, you know, Beasler comes out, defense plays pretty good. Beasler comes in, defense falls apart. I don't know that it's that simple, but it felt weird to even see him in there. I was just yeah. like, who's this guy? Is he good? Yeah. And then McKinnon correctly points out so far this season, our only dominant play has been the first Houston match and the first half of Minnesota. MLS is back group stage. Everything either seemed like a fluky win, a loss, or a game where we barely got by against the team we should have steamrolled. Well done, man. We just, we exactly, we just talked about that. He's right. Is our top of the West a result of our schedule or legitimate progression of things that have changed from the last? I don't know. What do we got? Four more games in this little cluster of six? Yeah. I mean, I think it's good that we haven't had to play teams like Seattle or Portland, who has been pretty good, or, you know, Columbus has been good at times, Philadelphia, so that's definitely helped. Well, we got to go to Houston. But, we are going to have to go play at Houston, and yeah. that sucks. But I – so I think I think it's a little bit of both. I think Sporting KC still have to get into a rhythm. I mean, look, we had two games to start off the year after a full off season of training, and we were really good. Then we had four months off, and we had MLS's back that was weird for everybody, which we all knew was going to be weird took a little bit of time to get into a rhythm. Then we had another month and a half off. And then we've had a couple of weird games. So I think we kind of got to give it a little bit of time to see if we can get back into that rhythm. 
I think in another three or four games, we'll have a better idea of what this team truly is. If that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Thank you McKinnon for, uh, for those questions. Um, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see what happens from here on out, but um, and then, you know, last couple things I mentioned earlier, Sporting KC is linked to an Argentinian uh, left back. Um, 30-year-old Juan Sanchez Mino um, coming from Argentine club Independiente. Uh, reports are right now that they want a million dollars for him, um, although he'll be out of contract in a few months. So Sporting KC is not going to pay that. Excuse me. Um, he can play left back. Also, he can play midfield a little bit. So he'd be a good piece to have, but he's a little older. He'd be probably a TAM player. I just don't think we pay a million dollars for him. And reports are that we're pretty far apart on the price. So, but it means SKC is looking at that left back spot. Yeah, clearly shopping it. And uh, I kind of thought Luis Martins might uh, lock that down. I mean, he just felt so good for a while. I don't know what happened. I'm not sure what's going on there either. But I mean, no one's asked him. No one's even asked him in like press conferences. Why aren't we asking the real questions? Are we scared? Right. Where are you at, Jimmy? Why aren't you there asking questions on those <laughs> Zoom meetings? Are you scared? You have a computer screen between you. We'll, we'll see what happens after this next game. Maybe I'll, I'll see what's going on with, with Luis Martinez if he's not, not in the 18 again. Were, did um, you pot, were you on there last night on the Zoom? I was I, briefly, but not for – I've been with some other stuff has been going on, yeah, so yeah. I didn't have a, a, a ton of time to do that. But, Dude, you know. If you, oh my God, if you ask that question, it better be after a victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if it's well, after a loss, God help you. And, you know, I got to be careful. I got to pick my spot because I know Peter's rage is going to be good enough that it'll actually fry my computer by way of Zoom. Ooh, that so. would be bad. It wouldn't just be your bad internet anymore, my friend. No. So. I'll tell you what, last night he asked, um, or no, someone asked him about lately the run-ins have been really bad. Like, and Peter goes, what do you mean run-ins? And I'm like, oh shit, he's questioning this guy. And the guy said, you know, just they've been running behind the back line pretty easily in the last few games. And Peter goes, I wouldn't say that. I'd say it happened tonight, but mm -hmm. I haven't seen that. That has not been a habit. Yeah. And I was waiting for the reporter to be like, well, I would say that. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I agree with Peter. Like, I don't think in the Minnesota game, it was yeah. a big problem, and I don't. But remember last that. night was a huge problem. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was bad against Houston. Yeah. Um, just a couple quick things before we wrap up because we've been on for a little while now. Some big MLS transfer rumors, uh, both coming from Barcelona, and this is sort of one of these is like the big talk of the soccer world right now, anyway. But the first one, Barcelona star Luis Suarez is reportedly talking to Inter Miami about potentially coming to uh, to play for David Beckham's club. He's been linked to Seattle before, but uh, Suarez has uh, reportedly spoken to Inter Miami. Inter Miami. Inter Miami. Um, did I just make Miami the town from Jaws? Amity? <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Inter Miami. Um, apparently there's confidence on Miami's side that they can get Suarez to come play for them. And they, need a, a, they have room for another DP and they need a striker. So that could work there. Um, the other big Barcelona news, and there's Miami link here, although I am very, very, very skeptical. Lionel Messi has informed Barcelona he is ready to leave the club. This comes after uh, Ronald Koeman was just hired as Barcelona manager, former Everton manager who sucked at Everton. So obviously he'll be great at Barcelona. 
he apparently told Lionel Messi that Messi's privileges are now over. He's going to have to be like any other player on Barcelona, which I don't know why you'd tell that to the best player potentially in the history of the game. But he apparently wants to leave Barcelona. It's setting up a legal fight because Barcelona's said that the clause in Messi's contract that would have let him terminate his contract expired on June 10th. And so they're saying that now Messi has a 700 million euro buyout clause. Um, and Messi saying, no, I want to leave despite the fact that June 10th has come and gone. So, but there are people asking, will Messi come to MLS? I think that's insane. Messi could walk into the starting 11 of literally any team in the world. Why would he come to MLS and deal with random Tam and Gam and roster rules and all that stuff and live in a country like America right now that's a dumpster fire when he can go like chill, you know, in France or go play for Man City or Man United and, and fight for a Champions League spot. Yeah, man. So, I Could don't know. go anywhere. Yeah. Like Miami's cool, but like so is Monaco. But if you're social media people for MLS, uh, all you oh did yesterday God. was try to be unique. Oh, and my God. None of y'all were unique. You all did the same thing. Right. It's <laughs> so stupid. Like, Dallas has just been absolutely terrible on social media for a while now. But yeah, they, they were like, great. they were like, should we hit Messi with the what you doing text? And then nope. you should not. Um, <laughs> Minnesota wrote, announced Messi. Vancouver pretended like they were sending a, a DM to Messi. Guys, this is not happening. Messi's not coming to MLS. Yeah, Messi's not checking his notifications and Twitter to see who's talking about him. You know. <laughs> no, and and like like I said, he could he could step into the starting lineup at Man City with Pep Guardiola, win the Premier League, go to the Champions League, and he might he might do that. They're the betting yeah. favorites right now. He could step into the starting lineup at Man United, play alongside Bruno Fernandez for hmm. uh, for Ole, although. I don't think that's probably going to happen. I've been watching The Crown lately, so going to the UK doesn't sound half bad. He, he could step into the starting lineup at PSG, play alongside Neymar and Kylian Mbappe. Could, sure. If you want to go to a, a Champions League loser of a team, you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he'd get to live in France, which is better than America right now. Yeah, he'd, sounds he'd, nice. He'd, oui, oui. he'd win Ligue 1, no problem, and they'd go right back to the Champions League. Ligue 1. But... <laughs> <laughs> his reported wages are like 60 million euros per year i don't know what that converts to but that's a lot of money that's like 75 million dollars at least jesus that's like more than 10 times what the mls salary cap is for a single team so vancouver just got more than a million dollars because alfonso davies won champions league they got about a million dollars they got a, a million euros a million yeah they got a, a quite a large sum of money because alfonso davies just won champions league with Bayern. That's spicy. So that's good stuff. I don't know, man. But look, y'all, MLS, chill. Messi's not coming. Although there are there are there are rumors this morning that Man City is reportedly talking to Messi about a, a deal that would have him come to Man City for three years and then potentially send him to NYCFC after those three years. Oh shit. But again, I don't know why Messi would agree to that. Yeah, that'd be a little nuts. Here you go, Messi. You get to play in a baseball stadium. Like You'd like to hope in three years, maybe they have a stadium, but let's not, let's be realistic well, That's here. what they said five years ago. Yeah, let's be, let's be honest. <laughs> I think it's much more likely that Messi goes and plays another two, three years in Europe and then plays a year in Argentina where he's from, finishes out his career there and then retires. Possible. 
or finishes with Beckham in Miami. I mean, that's, you never know. We'll see. So anyway, I think it's much more likely that I sign a deal to play in MLS next year than Lionel Messi. Whoa, you coming? Let the rumor start. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, that's all I got. That was a long one, but we had a couple of things to get through. So what's that? An hour and a half podcast? An hour, hour 15, maybe. Welcome. Welcome to the party, pal. Anything else for our good listeners? Nah, son. Let's, we got to bounce back on Saturday. Um, you know, be interesting to see what the starting lineup looks like and uh, hopefully get that W. And we'll be back uh, next, next, next Wednesday again. I think we'll get a result. We'll see, though. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure you leave that five-star rating and review. Uh, follow us on social media, on Twitter, at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. Send us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you to Anthony, who sent us that email. Thank you to McKinnon and to Drake for your DMs. Um, if anybody else was at the game and you want to share your experience, uh, we'll be happy to, to share that. Um, like we said, you know, we're, slide in. We, just, we just want to know how, what fans thought. No judgments either way. We're just going to say what, what, what people thought. So um, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back hopefully next week with a victory Woo. pod. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll talk to you all later. See ya. You down with NOP? You